Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. Today is Thursday, December 15th. It is six minutes after nine. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall is off today. And in his place, we have Tony Kinnett. Tony, welcome to the show. I hope you realize this is an award-winning show. It is. And I'm, I may not be Rob, but I've got double the ego and half the calories. So <laughs> it, hopefully it'll be an adequate substitute, you know. Yeah, I wanted to let uh, everybody know that the YouTube stream is down at the moment. Kevin is working furiously on it. But we still have He's the radio. sweating. It, it's actually kind of gross. I <laughs> don't like looking at it. He'll get to it, I'm sure. So let's start off the show talking about Sam Bankman-Fried, can we? And his girlfriend. I don't know if you saw it. Hammer and Nigel posted a picture yesterday, and they said, we're going to tell our grandkids that this is Kendall and Casey. And it was actually <laughs> a picture of Sam Bankman-Fried and Caroline Ellison. That is the rather homely-looking ex-girlfriend. And I assume that she's the ex-girlfriend. I don't know exactly what their romantic situation is anymore. But this Sam Bakeman-Fried, he's the FTX founder, and U.S. prosecutors have now charged him with eight counts, including wire fraud, money laundering, conspiracy, campaign finance violations, and he faces 155 years in prison if convicted of fraud and money laundering. Prosecutors have said that they've used his FTX as his own personal piggy bank to fund his lavish lifestyle. And what we know of his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, Caroline Ellison, was when all this started going down, she ran to Hong Kong. As you do. And then she was spotted in New York. And word is that she has most likely flipped and is working with the feds. Oh, yeah, I would be. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you're tied into this massive, huge fraud ring, mm-hmm. um, and you've known about it, I mean, they had a little private direct message between each other. Mm-hmm. That they changed the name from, you know, Honey Boo, Sweetie Pear Pie. They changed the name of the direct message chat to Wire Fraud. Wire Fraud. Like, back when they were doing this. So, yeah, if I was right, work with the feds. I mean, it's her best case out, and considering their exes. I mean, what better way to get back at, you know, your ex than giving all of their dirty secrets to the federal government? Yeah, well, she was the CEO of the company of the Alameda Research Hedge Fund, uh, which authorities claim received billions of dollars. Yeah, he was the market. He was in charge of the market. She was in charge of the currency you would spend at the market. So it was a match made in hell. And that's (laughs) what you're getting here. Now, you said that they named their text message, their direct messaging back and forth wire fraud. Now, my text message with my family is just called the fam damnly, right? Mm, a classic. And and I've named my Wi-Fi Hammer and Nigel at home so that all my neighbors know <laughs> where I stand I, on things. When I lived alone, my Wi-Fi network was pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. Oh, nice. Uh, that was that was always kind of what I ran of with. Of course, there's always the FBI surveillance van. You yeah, see that one. Yeah, the FBI surveillance in van. Your, in That's your a neighborhood. Classic. The signal's or, never very strong. Yep. Yeah, or uh, of course, there's always the Clinton email server. But um, <laughs> this girl. Right. Uh, so this girl, she's she's most likely flipped on her ex, and she, that's, that's. Have you seen the photo her... of her of her face since then? It's just the most like crap eating grin, where like you could just see it in her eyes, like the fire is burning in the background. She knows what she's doing. Well, she's trying to she's trying to get a deal. 
And wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Of course. Like I said, I absolutely would. You get to throw out your ex and maybe squeeze out of millions, if not billions of dollars worth mm-hmm. of wire fraud, not to mention it's tied almost certainly to the Democrat Party with all of the campaign donations that they've been throwing their way. I'd be trying for a deal, too. Yeah. Okay. So he was supposed to speak in front of the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Financial Services. And of course, he got picked up before he had the chance to do that. Mm -hmm. But there was a written copy of what he was going to testify. Really? I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Forbes had it. And it said... And this was what he was going to say. I'd like to start by formally stating under oath, I bleeped up. Well, no kidding. Uh, And then he went on to say, I know that doesn't mean much to say I'm sorry. And so it means never having to say you're sorry. Like, that's how cheesy this is so far. Like, he thinks he's just going to be able to say, I'm sorry, and walk away. Not the good kind of cheese. It's like easy spray cheese. I mean, this isn't even like the good kind where it's like, oh, well, but at least it's good. This is just like, I've heard this entire speech before. Mm -hmm. But this is the awkward millennial version where you're kind of trying to be funny and edgy at the same time. Okay. Well, you brought up millennial, and you are one. That's true. I'm the last of the millennials. So I want to ask you is this an example of extreme? for your generation. I mean, very adept at technology, which they were, living in a polyamorous condo. As we we all do. Free will in their love. uh, Virtue signaling, save the planet messages. I mean, he came out and he said, all you got to do is say the right words to these people and they think you're great. Uh, Thinking they're smarter than everybody else. I'm sure they do. I'm Mm. sure they use the word boomer as a swear word. I sure do. Uh, making the fake crypto money and he said that he wanted to be released so that he could have a proper vegan sandwich as a meal. Yes, his family has been calling the prison that he's in, the jail that he's currently at, and Mm -hmm. have been asking if he can be delivered vegan meals. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the comments I saw underneath it is, man, he's really not going to be adapting very well to the three hots and a cot lifestyle. Yeah, no. Uh, So they're total fraudsters, zero substance. Is this what we have? from your generation. Explain yourself. Oh, explain myself. Well, I mean, first of all, uh, uh, speaking uh, to the the wide generation of boomers out there, we are smarter than everyone else. Uh, That is unfortunately (laughs) what we live with. Um, Yeah, I mean, of course, we're all, all, I like to think we're technologically adept. I I have never lived in a polyamorous condo. Uh, Unfortunately, my free trial expired uh, when I got (laughs) married. That all said, the virtue signaling to save the planet. Mm -hmm. That is is us, you know, so going, you know, while say, well, we need, you know, get rid of plastic straws because it's bad for the turtles. And then we'll drink out of a paper straw once and it's the worst thing on planet Earth because it dissolves in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we all ended up using plastic straws anyway. And that's kind of the end of the day. You have to say these socially approved messages because that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then you go home and you burn all of the jet fuel and you <laughs> you make your carbon emissions and you type your politically incorrect messages and call it a day. Yeah, kind of like, it sounds like you're talking about Pete Buttigieg in a way. So it's Absolutely. A, it's a soap opera that's playing out and uh, interesting to watch. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kennett filling in. And let's touch quickly on this um, nuclear waste staffer that was fired from the Biden administration. Bald Th- Matt Damon. This, yes. yes, this is the guy that got caught stealing women's luggage. Now his mugshot is out and you got 
got it. Some people are comparing him to a bald Matt Damon. But that's what he looks like when he's not wearing a dress or lipstick. At least uh, Robin Williams had the respect to actually look like a woman when he dressed up in Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, all, all I can say about this this um, very interesting former Biden administrator is like he threw on lipstick and a mustache and he's like, that makes me beautiful. And it's like, no, I, I would avoid you on the subway. That's that's what that makes that. I, it's just it's one of those pictures you look at and you just cringe on the inside and then the outside. Um, there's an old like a, there's a video of Clint Eastwood sitting on his porch and just grimacing after drinking a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's like all of us right now. It's like we all knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They hired him because he's special, non-binary, gender, super duper, pride month extraordinaire. And then he stole women's luggage. And then, they, and then <laughs> Par for the course. And then he turned around and embarrassed them. Uh, so who vets who vets these people? I don't know. He looks like he goes to the vet. I'm that's the concern <laughs> that I have. But I mean when you start hiring people based on, you know, how they express their genitals, this is what you're going to get on instead of hiring people for yeah, qualifications. Exactly. Okay, so they've set bail for him at $15,000. Wow, you know, uh, if if he was a man, that would be seventeen thousand dollars. <laughs> pay gaps. Really well, tough. one of the pieces of luggage that he uh, picked up at that airport was full of about four thousand dollars worth of jewelry and makeup, but now he's not going to be able to use any of it. Really, I hadn't heard what the luggage was full of. I just assumed that it was full of like you know women's clothing, genie bras, and you know awkward plastic high heeled shoes. You know, like Kevin wears. But <laughs> it is, other than that, four thousand dollars worth of jewelry. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. A lady, you know, filed a complaint with the airlines, and then they they realized. <laughs> yeah, it's a tra- oceans non-binary eleven out here. It's yeah, ridiculous. It is sixty minutes after nine. It's the Kendall and Casey show with special guest Tony Kinnett on ninety three W. IBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. After nine, it is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Rob is out today, but Tony Kennett is filling in. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, absolutely. It's my genuine pleasure. You got the sun shining in the window behind you. It's like you have a halo. That's true. It's just a God letting you know how big of a mistake this is. <laughs> Let's talk about the latest poll from CNBC All America Economic Survey. It says that a majority of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to launch a 24 reelection campaign. of Dems don't want him to do it, along with 66% of independents and a whopping 86% of Republicans. It sounds like nobody wants this guy. Well, I mean, I I can see why. If you actually just step away from the politics for a second, like put away all of the things that they claim that he's done, all of the great leadership and aviator wearing, ice cream licking that he's, you know, (laughs) succeeded in. Mm -hmm. You ever gone to some kind of a program and you're, you're looking forward to seeing someone that maybe you haven't seen? in a really long time and you remember them in a certain way and then they get up on stage and you just turn to the person next to you and go, wow, they look really bad. Mm-hmm. Like They've just changed. time has not been kind. Right. And then they start talking and it's like, and you're like, what happened? You have to admit at some point that the president of the United States, mm-hmm. 
representing not just the country, but your party, Mm -hmm. is getting lost on stage. He cannot complete a sentence. The man has now grown up in 27 different ethnic neighborhoods somehow at the same time. That man, from his stories, is the melting pot. I mean, you know. He's the smartest guy he knows, he'll tell you. That's true. And the most humble man. And he'll, Mm -hmm. you know, tell you about those and how he chose, you know, the other nine in the world's 10 most humble men. But at the end of the day, you have to take a step back and go, look, maybe it's just better if we finally put the cow out to pasture. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time we finally, you know, send the horse to the glue factory and call it a day. So this survey says that 70%, on average, 70% of Americans don't want a second term from him, and only 19% of people are supporting him. And one of those people is his physician. <laughs> like, really? Well, and his whole family, because it's a family decision if he'll run again. They've said that, and the family said, yeah, big guy, do it. Because, of course, you know, they want the 10%. 10% oh, yeah. to the big guy. Absolutely. So there is this liberal campaign, and this just came out. It's a New Hampshire statewide TV ad that is running, and they're calling on him not to run. 60-second ad. I'm sure they put a lot of money into it, but they're calling him status quo Joe and pointing out his low approval rating. So let's take a listen, and then we can discuss. It's absolutely critical that we don't allow a Republican to win the White House in 2024. I'm concerned with Joe Biden's low polling. With his low popularity, it's way too much of a gamble. If he runs, the election is at serious risk. Joe Biden representing the status quo in 2024 simply won't cut it. We can't afford to risk the White House or a Republican who could defeat status quo Joe. The threat of the GOP has become all too obvious. The stakes could not be higher. Our ideas are way more popular than Joe Biden. Joe Biden running undermines the Democratic Party's chances in 2024. There's no question that we have a climate emergency. It's a question of willingness to do something about it. It's not the time for half measures. All Americans need universal health care now. There's no room to compromise when our abortion rights are on the line. We can't afford to lose. Don't run, Joe. Don't run, Joe. Don't run, Joe. Don't run, Joe. I love it. How does that make you feel? I mean, first of all, if there's anything that the 2022 midterms pointed out, it's that Americans are not a fan of the stuff on the extreme sides of either aisle. Mm -hmm. The really progressive radical stuff did not win. It didn't. When it went, when really radical stuff went up against your typical run of the mill white bread Republican candidate, they lost. When they went up against crazy man, they won, but it usually turned out to be a failure of a policy strategy. And so now they're going to say, well, we don't want status quo. We don't want middle of the road. What we need is universal health care, mm-hmm. climate change emergency, mm-hmm. emergency, abortions on every corner. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, OK. Yeah. You know what? Please run with that. Please, please, please run with that. And against some candidate like DeSantis and then lose by an even larger margin yeah. than you did last time. Because, again, that's what happened in Florida. DeSantis had a very close gubernatorial election the first time. And then the Democrats in Florida said, well, we just weren't radical enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we really we need someone to really get out there and just be crazy. And they got flattened. I mean, just like like spanked, like a child in the back of Walmart. I mean, just spanked. I didn't hear anything in that ad about trans rights, which is surprising considering that Biden tries to weave that into everything. Even at the latest bill they signed with Cindy Lauper, he was he was inserting that talking point into his speech. Had nothing to do with trans rights, and yet he managed to get that into the narrative. 
I, again, I just all I see here is a complete failure in policy, and I see the Democrats thinking that the 2022 midterms was a referendum on how good the Democrats were doing, and that's not the case. 2022 midterms were a referendum on candidate quality. You can say that's not true. I, I've seen the polling data. I've seen the exit polling numbers. I've seen everything from Georgia to Maine. I've seen all of the numbers from New York's seat running all the way to certain seats that were up for grabs in Indiana at the local level. That's just not the case. I'm not seeing fancy weaving strategy 4D monopoly chess going on here. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a very basic strategy at play, and the Democrats getting the wrong message is really going to screw them over. Nothing says a successful presidency like, get out! Um, but <laughs> the truth is, when it comes to this group with this New Hampshire television ad, He's probably just not liberal enough for them. No, I mean, that's that's the whole point of the ad, is that, you know, he doesn't have, you know, pink hair, three earrings, and he isn't from one of the 27 ethnic groups he claims that he grew up around. Right. And it, it's just not good enough for them. All right. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett filling in for Rob today. And uh, we told you about how the Washington Post was losing 500,000 subscriptions this year, and now there's more to tell you about the Washington Post, and we're going to get to that coming up from 93 WIBC. It was an all-hands-on-deck meeting, and then things got chaotic. It is 9.33. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kinnett is filling in for Rob Kendall today. So let's do an update, the Washington Post update. Now, we told you the other day about how they're losing 500,000 subscriptions this year. Aww. And now, aww, yeah, and now they have announced massive layoffs. And one, most likely soon-to-be former employee, released a video of the town hall meeting as the publisher... Fred Ryan ran out of the meeting. So Fred Ryan is blaming the cuts on worsening economic conditions. And let's let's take a listen to how this meeting went down. The magazine staff for We'll have more information as we move forward. Thank you very much. Okay, and then he exits stage left rather quickly. You can hear one of the employees asking about the Sunday magazine, which they announced they're, they're, they're done with that. So here's the question that I have. How do you work there at the Washington Post as a journalist, and then you're shocked when they announce layoffs. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I mean, isn't your job as a journalist to seek out information and know the truth and report on what's going on? You're kind of failing as you're at your job as a journalist if you're not seeing the writing on the wall. Yeah, I've been with uh, the, the Daily Signal and the Heritage Foundation for about a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that time, I have learned a lot of things that are going on in various departments, from policy to the finances to how things are kind of set up. Uh, yes, so that I know exactly where things stand. If you work at the Washington Post, it's very simple to see, based on group communication, what's going on at the company. We have friends that have worked at the Washington Post who have a very good eye on things that are going inside. We know a lot about what's going on inside WAPO. It's not hidden information. 
What I get a huge kick out of Mm -hmm. is when organizations like this pretend that because they are offering a service that no one wants because they are doing a bad job at providing that service, they still think they're entitled to huge sums of money. For example, the Indianapolis Star, like a lot of other Gannett publications, has like three subscribers left in Indian. No one subscribes to the Indy Star anymore, like gas stations and libraries. Well, and you know what? And and to your point, we've known for 20 years that newspapers are hanging on by a thread. Yeah, because they don't do anything interesting. Well, what people really want is unbiased reporting. No, they don't. No, they don't. No one actually wakes up in the morning and says, well, what I really want are three very lackluster, watered-down paragraphs that obscure information based on the author's bias. No. People are going to naturally seek out sources and then analysis Mm -hmm. on certain things. In the case of the journalists at the Indianapolis Star, they do a very piss-poor job, which is why they're hemorrhaging subscribers. So when they unionize and throw a big fit and talk about how what they really want is uh, they want a new work phone, that's what's going on down at the the Louisville Courier-Journal. They're screaming about how they no longer get their cell phone paid for. Or with Washington Post, they're freaking out in meetings because they're not paying them very much anymore. Be better at your job, Mm -hmm. and maybe you'll be worth paying more. Mm -hmm. That's how it works for everyone, no matter what field you're in. You have to make sure that your PETA level isn't higher than your worth. That's P-I-T-A, pain in the... Your PETA level. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's talk about the latest poll regarding Ron DeSantis. So, and this happened with Vanderbilt University. This is a poll. So this is taking place in a deep red state that President Trump won in 2016 and in 2020. But now they have released this new hypothetical poll. And of course, it's a matchup between Trump and DeSantis. And guess what? Yes, DeSantis is leading. Oh, what a 54 surprise. to 41, despite being a uh, rumored front runner. So here we have another poll that is saying Ron DeSantis is the man. So has Trump peaked? I mean, it's not like he's going to get any new fans, any new followers. There's nobody sitting out there going, hmm, what is Donald Trump all about? I'm going to research him. Let me check him out. And, and, Oh yes, I like his ideas. I mean, we know what yeah, his there are, there are, we know what he's all about. We know what his message is. So he's not going to turn anybody. There are absolutely no more undecideds left on Donald Trump, right. and that works against him. And I said this when he announcing very early with the weight that he carries is a very bad move because he can only go downhill. The same number yes. of people who were listening to Trump mm-hmm. are still like listening to Trump before and after he made the announcement. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he announced and all of a sudden we have a reason to listen to Trump. No, Trump still had the same microphone he had before he announced he was running. And all he's done since then, and I said this when he announced he's running, he is going to have gaff after gaff after gaff. And whether or not it was his fault, he had dinner with Kanye West mm-hmm. and Nicholas Fuentes, who mm-hmm. is a horrid human being. And that's, you know, what, and that's, I think that's at the point when people who were maybe still on the fence decided, nope, I'm out. I- I'm not going to join in this conversation so anymore. So I'll put it in, in this perspective. I voted for him twice. I voted for him in mm-hmm. 2016, voted for him in 2020. Mm-hmm. The moment that I had to officially jump off of the train, well, no, I was never really a huge Trump train, but I voted for him because he was way better than the other candidate. Yep. And I liked a lot of his policies when he was in office. The moment I had to say that as someone who's on the air, someone who's a journalist, I can't do this anymore, is when he called Mitch McConnell's wife a very racist, very overtly racist slur. I can't defend that on air. 
yeah, I'm yeah, I'm going to vote for him. Uh, what? I, yeah, I know that he said this very bad maliciously and then like double down on what he said about her. But I still really think that he's OK. No, I'm not voting for him. I'm I'm a in my opinion, I'm a primary Republican. I believe the battle is fist fought in the primary. And so I'm going to fight like all get out to have the best candidate in the primary because that's where I think the battle is won. Mm-hmm. The general election, at that point, you're choosing between a lesser of two bags of garbage. And <laughs> Rob Kendall's not here to say, well, you could vote Libertarian. That's true, I could. Uh, when they stop putting forth crappy candidates, we'll talk about it. Okay, so with DeSantis leading in all of these polls that are coming out, he's the shiny new, he's the shiny new toy, the shiny new object. However, two years, a lifetime in politics, a lot can change. Can DeSantis peak too early? No, because he's not running. He will. He will. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm telling you my prediction here right now. And when I'm wrong, I'll, I'll come back on and you okay. can tell me I'm wrong in front of everybody. What, what, what I think do you he's think? I think he's going to pull a George Washington. What do you mean by that? So George Washington did not announce that he was running. He basically stopped. He didn't do anything. And George Washington is a very ambitious guy. He Until was. he was begged for the position. Yeah, Please the, do it. We thing, need you. There's a very interesting idea in history that he really didn't want to run. He didn't want the job. That's not true. Like in his private journal, he really wanted to, mm-hmm. but he was going to be asked. He wasn't actually going to go in. I think that's DeSantis here. He's going to wait until. Finally, people are like, please, come on, dude. We need you. Everyone else is garbage. We've mm-hmm. got Kasich out here. You know, we've got Trump, you know, maybe Pence, maybe not. Just a lot of milquetoast, lackluster nonsense. Please run and give us a leader. And he'll kind of, okay, I guess I will. if I have to, uh-huh. twist and, my and, arm. Oh, it's, it's, it's such a brilliant political move. I it mean, is. is it transparent? Oh, absolutely. Of course. It's cheesy. But will it work? Yes. So do you think that that's going to be the case that Republicans are going to rally with him and then finally have a lockdown message and there won't be this splinter within the party? Yeah, he's Reagan part two. Like Reagan and his actual mm-hmm. politics was kind of mediocre. Like he did some things that weren't exactly super for the Second Amendment, but he was all around a very excellent president. Mm-hmm. I think DeSantis is probably going to be that. He He's gotten a lot better at public speaking in the last couple of years. He handled the, Flor- the Floridian acres worth of policy and politics. Florida's always been a very dramatic state. They always get a lot of hurricanes. They always have mm-hmm. a lot of economic people. There's always things going on mm-hmm. galore. And he's ran it masterfully. I think it's going to carry over into his term and his terms as president, God willing. So meanwhile, Trump has teased a major announcement today. He's standing there with lasers shooting out of his eyes and he's wearing a superhero outfit. What is the major announcement? Some guesses, Speaker of the House, other guesses to the other extreme, he'll withdraw. I think that's that's malarkey. There's no way that yeah, there's Trump's, no way he's gonna Trump's ego is not going to let that happen. No. What do you think of the Speaker of the House uh, rumor? Uh, okay. America <laughs> needs a superhero. Okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, at this point, his major announcements are is just it, turning out. Is it a big nothing egg? Well, I mean, big, when you make a major announcement every other week, mm-hmm. and you get up there and you're like, I have a new announcement. Mm-hmm. The Crunchwrap Supreme is coming back to Taco Bell. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like 15 people at Mar-a-Lago. They're not really major announcements at this it's point. It's diminishing. Who knows? Yeah. When every announcement's a major announcement, at this point, you're just that weird Facebook parent who types every text in all caps. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. I mean, it, it doesn't really mean anything anymore. I always see flamboyance from you. Why is this different? Okay. It's uh, the Kennel and Casey show on 93 WIBC, and that is Tony Kinnett. Thanks for listening this morning. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're suing me. I'm suing you. Good.
good. Everybody's suing everybody. 947. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett filling in for Rob Kendall today. So the Biden administration sued the state of Arizona over its construction of a makeshift border wall. They've been using shipping containers and razor wire in order to prevent the flow of illegal immigrants coming in. And so then the governor of Arizona shot back and decided to sue the Biden administration for what they called a lack of coordination from federal agencies. And they said that Arizona has the right to defend themselves. Uh, Yeah, apparently the only organization, the only city, the only municipality that is allowed to defend itself is Martha's Vineyard. Mm. So if if it's a rich white community uh, Mm -hmm. in on the East Coast, then they're allowed to call in the National Guard and order Chipotle for all of the immigrants that are there. And yes, that is true. They ordered Chipotle for the immigrants, Mm -hmm. which is just peak whiteness. Uh, And, you know, that's that's totally fine. But when it's a border state whose towns are no more set up to accept tons of illegal immigrants, than some city on the East Coast, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, the federal government just says, deal with it. You're a red state. Just make it work or whatever. These people are allowed to, you know, come in without any kind of of purpose or any kind of basic economic um, statistation in your local government, your municipality. Doesn't matter unless they come to a place like Martha's Vineyard. Mm -hmm. So good for Arizona. I mean, I hope that they build the effective measures to curb immigration until we actually reform the policy so it makes more sense. So they've had, you know, there's been like 2.3 million people uh, flowing into the border just this past year. And Doug Ducey said, we can't wait any longer. And Title 42 is about to expire next week. And here, the Biden administration is redefining more words, Tony. Oh, good. Uh, this time, it's the word secure, as in the border is secure. We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. We have taken unprecedented action over the past year and a half to secure our border. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. The border is closed. We agree that uh, the border is secure. The border is secure. Nothing says secure, nothing says orderly, nothing says humane, like watching children being trampled in the El Paso River mm-hmm. as they're being shuffled over into El Paso, Texas. Uh, by by whom? By their parents? You don't know. Um, of course, with the coyote market that's using these poor children as shields stolen from their homes to ferry drugs and give these drug lords legitimacy, pumping garbage into our communities, it's just where we are. That's not safe. That's no. not secure. I, I heard something the other day that said there's enough fentanyl flowing into the country to kill kill us all nine times over. Nine times over? Oh, no, that's secure. That's secure. So that l- let's secure. get this straight. Okay. A serious threat to health and safety is mm-hmm. allowing anyone to tweet on Twitter. That's a serious threat to health and safety. You know, that making fun of pronouns, that's a threat to health and safety. Mm-hmm. But allowing, you know, drugs pouring across the border and huge amounts of violence in cities uh, and not prosecuting anything, not securing anything, that's actually safe, secure, and orderly. That's progressive thinking right there. Well, in a rare moment of likely accidental journalism, MSNBC visited the southern border, and that's... That was the first time for everything. One more time than our president's been, and this is what they had to say. And officials on the other side of the border, who we've also been speaking with, Jose, 
they in El Paso, they say they just do not have the resources to deal with this many migrants. And they say it's unsustainable and they expected the situation here to get even worse with a bigger migrant influx potentially next week as Title 42 uh, is lifted. And, Jose, as you can see, I'm still walking here. This line is still not over. Um, but, you know, we have seen them. What happens here at the front of the line is that every few minutes, actually, every half hour, an hour or so, it depends when they let those 10 to 15 migrants in, buses are brought here to then take them uh, to a processing center. And again, Jose, those processing center, U.S. officials say, are already strapped for resources. And one of the shelters here, um, you know, they just don't have the space for them. Some of these migrants are having to sleep outside in the freezing cold now, overnight. Wait okay? a minute. Wait a second. I was told... I was told quite clearly that it was Trump who was putting migrants in cages mm -hmm. and, and all of these places were understaffed and stripped bare of resources because of Trump. It was his fault. See, Trump was, I guess, calling up the border. Like, you know, you just dial 1-800-BORDER right. and going, okay, <laughs> take all of it out, set fire mm -hmm. to your food and your mattresses. And that, that was his fault. That's what I was told. But uh, under the Biden administration, mm -hmm. under super immigrant man, mm -hmm. I, I thought we were supposed to be flush with resources. We were going to be building migrant facilities everywhere. He just told you that he had policies in place and that it was secure, Tony. Didn't you hear that? Do we have to play it again? Oh. I mean, this is, it's, it's unsustainable and a humanitarian crisis at this point with, with people sleeping out. I mean, where are they going to go? What no, are they going to no, do? No. A humanitarian crisis is someone tying a rope into a noose at a NASCAR race. A humanitarian crisis is Jesse Smollett getting mugged by himself after getting subway in Chicago. <laughs> a humanitarian crisis is, you know, again, someone misgendering someone on a social media platform. What isn't a humanitarian crisis is, is you know, the drugs and the violence pouring across the border into cities that do not have the infrastructure mm -hmm. to accept these people. People think that you know, I guess that it's just these racist Texas and Arizonans. They don't want they don't want Mexicans in their town. Well, when they have a town infrastructure that's only built to hold the population of citizens living in it, it's not a race issue. It's that we don't have the buildings, we don't have the infrastructure, we don't have the food, the gas, the water to take care of a group of people of any color. It has nothing to do with a skin color thing. This is not going to play well for the Democrats in the 2024 election. You're listening to the Kennel and Casey show on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kinnett. And uh, you took a sick day recently. I did. And you posted a picture of yourself. And I'm of curious. Of myself? Well, it, oh, was no. a, it was of your television, actually, wasn't it? And you were watching Empire Strikes Back, huh? And so did you, you had COVID? I did. I had, I had the COVID. You I had, had the COVID. Yep. And, and how are you feeling now? I feel fantastic. I got over it in a few days. Um, thankfully, not vaccinated or boosted on an untested mRNA vaccine. Thrilled about that one personally. Uh, I feel great. Got over it. It was a rough day or two. Um, mm -hmm. And then it was fine. And and is Here that, I am. Is that your go-to comfort movie, Empire Strikes Back? I, I do. I do keep the original Star Wars trilogy uh, out for sick days. Other than that, it's my favorite movie of all time, The Outlaw Josie Wales, Clint Eastwood. Is, is, is that because it's a clear good versus evil movie? Or is it because you've seen it a thousand times and that's why it's comforting to you? No, it's just well-written. I don't have to worry about a lot of garbage in it. <laughs> Tony Kenneth filling you for Rob Kendall on the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Thank you.